You gotta love technology. There's just no limits. You can speak to anyone, anywhere, at any time. They call it the miracle of Zoom. So today we're gonna speak to Shaul Fulcher from Kalidon. Um, hey, Shaul, how are you doing? Hi, Janine. I'm good. And you? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you very much. Listen, yeah, you like a world traveler. If I look at your biography, <laughs> you've had this interesting life. But before we jump into the music, tell us about yourself. Like, introduce yourself to someone who's never met you, personality-wise. <laughs> who are you? Um, I would say I'm borderline bohemian. <laughs> uh, just, I love, I love to travel. Me and my wife, we love to travel. I grew up in Nepal. And when I finished uh, school, I was around for a while, got married, and then we went to England. And that kind of set us on this, uh, I don't know, just a little bit of an adventure living overseas. But then coming back to South Africa and then living overseas and then coming back again and then <laughs> living overseas again. And, uh, yeah, so um, we've been back since 2019. Um, and, yeah, uh, part of a big family, love Jesus. We by crazy bones, and they all live all over the world now, but I chose to come back. Okay, so you've got an itch, huh? You just can't sit still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I, that would be accurate. Okay, borderline bohemic, so he likes traveling, but what personality? Are you the quiet type, or, you, or do people invigorate you? <laughs> no. Who are you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm extrovert. The more I can talk, the <laughs> happier I am. People, people recharge me like nothing. Um, my wife on the other hand, she's a she, she's very social, but she's a little bit more introvert. Um, so I think I drive her nuts sometimes. <laughs> and you like the sea? I love the sea. Where I grew up during holidays, used to uh, visit my grandparents up the Strand and I just spent all of my time there. I just love the smell. I love the waves. I love the, the, the cold air coming in at the end of the day. Yeah, just all of it. Yeah, it's just the video is like this inklings. <laughs> you can see it's, it's a place where you find your inner self happily. <laughs> um, so tell me about your work with Jesus, because I, I never just assume just because you sing about Jesus that you actually care about yeah. Jesus in our, in our country. You know, everyone ticks the little box of I'm a Christian and all. So where do you meet him? Yeah. I remember being in uh, primary school and my mom telling us one Sunday morning, we're going to a new church and we're going to a church where they play drums. And, you know, so that obviously perked up my interest. And, and what had happened before that is my mom had a meeting with, uh, with Jesus and just, it it just totally changed the life. And um, my dad followed uh, very shortly after. And I just, my heart immediately leaned toward that, you know, from that point on, I grew up in the church, but I just literally loved everything about not just the church, but what it represented, you know, Christ. And um, I was always, you know, doing sound and I was doing, you know, building stages, doing whatever I was allowed to do in church. Uh, not not just because of the community, yes, because of the community, but because of what it was built around. And, you know, from that moment on, it, you know, my life's just, uh, it's really just revolved around you know, um, Christ and, you know, in an imperfect way, but, you know, revolved around a desire to know him and um, the absolute privilege of being known by him. 
The thing about being in any artistic sort of direction, to be involved with lots of different people, is you get exposed to all mm. kinds of different philosophies and, and opinions and, and all roads lead to Rome, you know, that's that wide definition. Yeah, yeah. After many discussions, just being exposed to it all, why, how do you know that what you know, that what you believe is actually true? You know, it's a, I think it's a question that I sometimes probably still struggle with, you know, um, especially in the context of salvation. Why would my heart lean toward Christ and uh, another person that grew up, you know, alongside me? Maybe not. You know, it, it, it's something I struggle with, um, uh, um, you know, why? But um, it, you know, being exposed to all these different kind of uh, um, philosophies, uh, uh, it, it takes you through kind of a crisis of faith, but not in a way where you, you lose your connection with God, but just where you think and you test um, what you've been, you've been taught to believe, and then it becomes your own. Um, if you get through it and you cling on to that you know, concept of mustard seed faith and you get out on the other side through the grace of God, then your faith is your own. Um, so I, to me, I, I think it's important for everyone to go through that and, and rub shoulders with people with a lot of different philosophies, which really does not connect with Christ. Um, and uh, I've definitely had my share and had my conversations. Um, and I actually like it but because I also you know, think it's, a, it's the perfect place to engage the culture and people around us with, you know, what, you know of Christ, and hopefully they respond the same. Yeah, because you can't write music and and communicate a pure message at all if you're not actually convinced in your heart of hearts um, that that no. what you actually believe is true. Um, so it needs to be it needs to be challenged for you even to know whether your faith is real and whether He is real. Like like for instance. Yeah. Um, I find that when it comes to Christianity, that people have got a concept of church and they've got a, a concept of of God. He's like a concept. He's not a person. Yeah. So if you had to introduce God, the the person, yeah. to someone who doesn't know him at all, um, what what would you go for first that you think that that people would understand best of this God that you love so much? <laughs> um, you know, if you you know, if we talk about um, you know, God and humans, you know, obviously sin comes out and it's, you know, I think a lot of us kind of lead with that, but I think I lead with the fact that we all experience brokenness. We experience um, a kind of a disconnect if we're not with God. And so, um, you know, I would, and obviously it changes from person to person. I mean, there's definitely no cookie cutter moment or, um, you know, formula to engage with someone about Jesus, you know, but I honestly believe that all people realize they are broken um, in some way and stuff is just something's not making sense. And that's, that's where I, I would engage, you know, with um, the peace and the, um, and the love of Christ in those moments. You know, if I'm allowed to and if the moment's right, you know, uh, it's ultimately... Um, we as humans, we are really not the best kind of creations on the, on the earth. <laughs> yeah. And I think we all kind of know that inside. Um, and, um, and I, I would quickly lead to the fact that um, uh, 
God made a way and God made a way for us to know, you know, I I don't, I don't think it's ultimately about, you know, just that sin hurts God. I don't fully buy into that idea. I buy more into the idea that God knows that sin removes you from him. Yeah. And sin ultimately destroys your life because it will remove you from the presence of God. Um, you know, if it's not given to Christ, you know, to cover and to walk that road, Hmm. but that all makes sense. Yeah, no, no, definitely. No, um, Romans one twenty is this, this specific scripture that I think you would connect with so well that God uses whatever he's created to showcase that, that which is invisible and his own character and his own personality um, and his godliness. Yeah. So everything that he's created yeah. is a, a revelation of who he is. So you like yes, photography yes. as well. I mean, making movies and all that kind of thing. You need to be looking at stuff and seeing. You could either yeah. see something beautiful or you can see the God behind the beautiful. So is, is that something yeah. that you enjoy when, you, when you're capturing something beautiful? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I specifically like nature and uh, um, uh, landscape photography also. So that allows you to obviously be in a context that a lot of times is literally there's no – no man's hand is really involved with that. You know, that's, that's God that set this beauty up in front of you. And, um, you know, it allows you to connect with it in, in, in that way. Um, but you, you said something about, um, you know, you have to look out, you have to look out for beauty, you know. So I like, I, I also love travel and um, urban, urban photography in, in, this, in the city. And I like the concept of uh, go sit on a bench, you know, and all you have is, two lenses and then look around you and it might be a a horrible setting but challenge yourself with okay find beauty in these moments around you that you can capture with all the techniques and different things that you know of photography but find beauty in in that and and also in the mundane around you so photography over the years have definitely allowed me to look at life and look at what's around you in a different way and try to find something that is beautiful and not just accept that everything around you looks horrible and you can't use it today because you're in some, I don't know, messy street. Well, hopefully uh, a viewpoint like that would spill over to the rest of your life, not only visually that you can actually use of it with course. anything yeah. in life. That's, that's a real truth. That's one. Like what's beautiful in Iraq? Yeah. What's beautiful in Iraq? Yeah. Um, why are you making a documentary people, in Iraq? <laughs> <laughs> we, we're still talking about it uh, me, me and my brother my brother's worked there for um, a long time he loves God um, uh, tremendously and um, so through through talking to him I've always been fascinated with especially in northern Iraq where the Kurdish um, live and um, I would say what makes the place beautiful is the people you know I mean it's ultimately it doesn't matter what dysfunction a specific country experiences at that point in time, the people, the grassroots people are mostly people that just desire to have a good life, love on their family and, you know, be an influence in the world and just, and just be happy or find joy somehow, you know? So, so that's where the beauty lies in all of that um, nonsense that we've seen in the past, you know? Um, Also, you know, if you just, you know, a little FYI, you know, if you think of Iraq, I mean, you think of northern Iraq, it's it's totally different kind of worlds, you know. Um, and there's also a lot of natural beauty, especially in northern Iraq. I mean, 
from mountains to valleys to green and growth, you know, our heads <laughs> go toward the desert, yeah. of the, de- the desert looking, the arid areas. But, but you know, outside of, you know, what it's also an area where there's a lot of uh, biblical context, you know, um, and, and like Nineveh is, is in northern Iraq, you know, there's a few places, you know, and, and that holds interest. But, you know, ultimately I come back, to the people that I've seen and um, hopefully I can engage with uh, more or what is beautiful for me. Mm. We were actually praying for Iraq this morning. That's the the only reason why it pricked oh, wow. my interest immediately. They were talking about the children, the orphan children, that as Christians, yeah. many of the fathers get persecuted and even lose their lives, um, and the mothers as well, and that leaves a lot of orphaned Christian children. And these get put into a system, and they get taught the leading religion of that area, Um and they've got no choice about it. They want to literally wipe the the history and the upbringing of those children away and replace it with that religion instead of Christianity. And the Christians are literally praying against it. It's one of the, the big things that they're specifically praying for is the Christian orphan children that end up in the system. And to me, it was so interesting that, I mean, those parents knew, they know if you Whisper the name of Jesus Christ, you might lose your life and your children might be growing up in this in these circumstances and they still do it. They still don't leave yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's such not only an indictment on us, it's a challenge for us to be authentic and to take this seriously. It's life and death for them. You know, what's another sad thing for me about areas like that? You know, obviously our hearts um, go immediately to the Christian brothers and sisters and uh, um, that that are on the ground and experiencing suffering, but you know you you also get the context. You know, when um, this is a while ago, 2014, when ISIS um, overran uh, a lot of the northern part of Iraq, their big main target right at the beginning was the Yazidis, who believe in this weird peacock god. These are people that don't that don't even have a connection with Christ, and they experience such tremendous suffering. And death, I mean, genocide, literally genocide. 5,000 sure. boys and fathers were killed and, you know, a lot of the women enslaved. And these people did not have any of that peace. And that is also, uh, you know, you call, you said indictment. But, yes, you know, it's a kind of a indictment on on uh, on us that we, we the, the name of Jesus need to find its way into every crevice and corner that we can and are allowed, even sometimes not allowed to take it. So Yeah, because to die for a lie. I mean, yeah. there's no there's no blood of Jesus. There's no, uh, we, we're reading these, these books at the moment, just, you know, fiction. And how people yeah. give their lives for their country or for their loved ones. Um, such yeah. great causes that people die for, but they're not saved. And... The resulting eternity, doesn't matter how noble your death was, changes not one iota. It breaks my heart. Yeah, it does. Sure. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a, such a, such a sad thing. You know, it's like, it's like the suffering and uh, blessing and suffering, you know, a lot of times fall on the good and, and those, I wouldn't call them just, you know, bad, but people that are disconnected from Christ, you know? So it's, it's sad and the suffering is bad all around, but I always think of that person actually not, not knowing Jesus and then losing their life, you know? Um, 
to me, that's a thing that I struggle with in my heart. And I talk to God about it a lot, you know, um, but ultimately he's God, he's sovereign. He, he knows, knows what he's doing. You know, and, and we have to trust him with that. <laughs> and I tell you, I don't want to be God sitting in judgment over this yeah. world with my logic yeah. and my righteousness. I can tell you yeah, now, exactly. I don't know what I do with these people. But in any case, it won't, it won't go well. It won't go well. It won't go well. No, that's for sure. Um, life lessons. So you've lived this life. You've traveled the globe. You've met lots of people. Um, you've wondered about stuff. If you had to choose that one life lesson that you think is going to help someone else, what would it be? Um, I think finding glory in the mundane, finding Jesus, living for Jesus in the mundane. Um, I've always been a big dreamer. Just wanted to, you know, when it comes to on the music side, I just wanted to on a tour the world, you know, be a rock star for Jesus. And, all that. <laughs> and, and so, so what tends to happen is you be, you, you're so tied to um, uh, what you see the destiny is for yourself. Um, and I think God puts those dreams up in front of us to kind of, you know, make us move in that direction. But we can, can become so discontent so quickly because we are, we either feel close or further away from that destiny that we see but ultimately a lot of times what we start out dreaming about really isn't what god um, uh, um turns that into and, and you can become really discontent so i've learned um through the years to live his calling if you wash the someone's toilet like the toilets in church you mm. know or whatever you know mm. whatever you're busy with let that be the ultimate biggest most passionate thing that you do Yes, you, your eyes are still out there. You still dream about certain things. But what you've got in your hand now is what you have. That leads to tomorrow, and that leads to influence, and that leads ultimately to people seeing Jesus through your hands and feet, through your mouth. You know, So glory in the mundane, Jesus in the mundane, your calling is in the – and it's not always just mundane, but in the normal, in the right now, that is where – you live your calling, not in the one day when I have maybe let go of more of my sin, for example. It's mm. like you start right now. It doesn't matter how you feel, what you feel. Mustard seed, faith, go for it. Represent Jesus in the present. Okay, Crazy Love. That's the new song that we're going to listen to. Tell us now that if we listen now and you've got our full attention and we're actually hearing the song <laughs> and all the lyrics, what's that one thing that you want to hook onto our hearts? Um, okay, crazy love. Just, you know, ultimately, I think most of us know who we are. Um, even Paul struggled so much with who he was, you know, and and he, he talked about how he fell short, you know. So I kind of started writing this song from that moment, you know, and the words that I started with, that started this whole th- song was, I am broken, you will heal. You were broken, God's love will heal. And, um, and then the verses really talks about my reality and my brokenness as a human. And then it goes to the chorus and it's, it's just, it just, it's the crazy love of God outshines everything. It's just so extravagant. It's so belachlic, you know, this love crazy. of God. That it doesn't matter, <laughs> doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, what you've done last night, what you've done in the night, you know, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. God is right here, right next to you. He's just waiting for your heart to turn to him. Give him that little bit of, and, and use that little bit of faith that he's gifted you with to respond to him. And he'll fold you with his love and he'll take care of the rest. 
You'll take care of your soul and you'll walk a journey. It's not guaranteed to be safe, but it's guaranteed to be connected to the God that loves you with all that gave his only son. So that's really what the song is about. 